The mobile hunter is obsessed with exploring unfamiliar places, and this is what our gear is designed to do. At Latitude Outdoors, we build mobile hunting equipment for hunters who like to move often and move fast. Whether you're an experienced whitetail hunter or new to the game, if you want to be mobile, we have options that are worth considering. Our saddles, climbing sticks, and platforms are made right here in the USA and are available at LatitudeOutdoors.com. Thanks for checking out the gear, and good luck this season. I See Your Gear has outfitted over 10,000 bow hunters across the country, and we're continuing to raise the bar when it comes to bow hunting camo. New for the 23 season, we introduce our never-before-seen panel fabric system designed to be dead quiet along with our patent-pending bow hunting collar, Osseo Gear. Features and function built for bow hunters by bow hunters. Learn more at asiogear.com. Welcome to Bear Bow Hunter Podcast with your host, Nate Bailey, where we look to the ancient paths of our hunting ancestors to guide our future, where woodsmanship and hard work outweigh advanced shooting devices, where we value those who have gone before us and welcome those who are yet to come. Join us as we exchange valuable insight about the Bear Bow Hunter's lifestyle. Welcome to another edition of Bear Bow Hunters Podcast. Man, it is that time of year as we are looking at August 2nd, the second day into uh, fall hunting season. Uh, we got bear season here in Oregon and elk season's coming up. Um, super excited. We are excited about a lot of the gear that we're going into the field with this year. Um, one of the things that we're really excited about is Lacrosse's new footwear, and it's the Ursa. It's their, um, it's their Western rugged country, backcountry hunting boot. And with over 125 years of experience, they know what they're doing with this stuff. You know, they've made it with some premium leathers and some um, man-made uppers. And the Ursa is des was designed in all the states here out in the West. All the, all the big stuff, right? Alaska, Idaho, and Oregon. Um, they took this boot out and they put it, they, it it's been over five years that they've worked on this boot and they put it through some of the worst conditions that they could find. Um, if there wasn't something right, they'd just go back and they'd fix it. And that's, that's really cool. That's a cool thing when they're really wanting to try to, uh, they're, they're taking this, this backcountry boot to a whole different level. And I, I'm really happy about it because, you know, I've used a lot of different boots over the years and, uh, you know, the real heavy leather boots are really durable, but man, they kill your feet by the end of the day. And then those light boots, they're really nice to walk in, but uh, man, you kill them by the end of the day. And Ursa, the Ursa boot is a completely different boot. It's it's um, got all the premium stuff like uh, Gore-Tex and it's got an infused leather that uh, is, you know, high wear resistant and waterproof. And it's also got um, what they call super fabric panels. So those super fabric panels let your feet breathe. So this thing is is something that um, I think is filling up the. It's just it's going to help our hunting season for sure. It's going to elevate our hunting season. That's for for a fact. Um, now it's got a, a Gore-Tex liner, 
which you know keeps your feet dry everybody you can't have a boot unless it's Gore-Tex not not in the elk woods anyhow um and it also has a hex guard rubber rand you guys I won't hunt in a boot anymore without a rand um, I've just tore up too many in the backcountry. I've tore toes off and everything else. And that rand keeps your um, lower half of your boot from, you know, that abrasion that tears things apart, that gets those stitches and pulls the stitches out. But it also keeps water from coming in at the bottom. Um, it, it This Ursa has a Vibram outer sole, and it's got a molded footbed. And this molded footbed is super lightweight. And it also has a lightweight EV midsole, and this is to pack some of those heavy loads. This keeps your foot stable in those heavy loads. Um, this is the boot that you're going to have to... Man, if you've been out there and you're doing the same thing I'm doing, and you've searched for boots, and you've, you've gone to different so kinds of boots, and, and you've gone to different uh, sets of boots, I think you should really take a look at the Ursa. Uh, we have three of us are really going to put it through its paces this year during elk season. Uh, so far, it's just a, it's one of those kind of boots that you look at and you go, man, this thing is going to, this is going to be a pretty bad boot out in the woods. And so I can't wait to uh, really give it some miles, you know, in the elk woods. Um, if you want to know more about it, you should want to know more about it. Go over to lacrossefootwear.com backslash Ursa and Ursa is spelled U-R-S-A. So if you go over to, to uh, Lacrosse, you can see more of this. They have a cool video on how they built it. And um, all those thought and and uh, work that's gone into this boot. So head over there. Check it out. You guys, this is going to be a game changer like the rest of the stuff that we use. Um, we only use here at, at Barebow Hunter. We only use what we believe in. And uh, this is one of those products. So with that said... Let's jump into the podcast and talk a little bit about the gear. And I'm talking, not gear so much, but I'm talking more of the bow stuff today about what my setup is for elk. Um, there should be, there should be, you, you guys should really think this through. If you're elk hunting, maybe you, this is your first year, maybe this is your 20th year. Um, but when you look at your gear, and, and I'm talking traditional bow gear, um, you should really look at how everything is set up. I went willy-nilly for a lot of years, went through the woods, and uh, and and just you know tried to get my bow tuned and didn't pay attention to what I was actually trying to do. I think we could really benefit from think, put some thought into this. Um, quite honestly, now that I've gone through it and looked at my bows and put a lot of thought in what I shoot. Um, I just feel that much more comfortable or confident out there. And honestly, confidence is the key when you're talking, when you're talking hunting out in the, when you're talking any kind of shooting with uh, instinctive confidence is the key, you know, and there's all sorts of shooting programs out there. Some really great ones. Um, shot IQ, uh, if you're having problems with, you know, trying to trying to get your processes down and things like that, I think uh, Joel has a ton of stuff that he can help you with. Um, you know, all these places have a lot of different ideas. And, and really what it comes down to is putting confidence in your shot. I mean, all that stuff, some people are more analytical. I'm not. Um, 
and I probably should have been. I probably wouldn't have taken me near as long to get as uh, confident in my gear if I would have gone through one of those programs. But um, quite honestly, um, it's just taken a lot of time and effort and, and research and doing different things on my part. I, I've been hunting these critters for over 40 years now, which is absolutely nutty to me that um, I've actually been in the woods chasing elk for 40 years. But one of the things that I found is um, gear and confidence is, is a big deal. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about your bow. I'm talking about your arrow setup and how you have your bow set up. Um, I've made a ton of mistakes over the years. You know, I love to hunt with a longbow. Um, one of the best longbows that was ever built was built by Alan Boyce and it's the Liberty Longbow. And, and I have a couple of his that I will continue to hunt elk with, but um, at the same time, there's some other disadvantages you, you have when you, when you pick up a longbow, especially when you're doing what we do um, with, you know, calling and such like that, where I have the bow on my back a lot of times and I'm calling for the other guys, but um, it, it just snags everything and captures everything. But, and then when you get in the dark stuff, the dark timber, we hunt a lot of cascade. And if you look at the Cascades, man, it is dark and dense and, uh, the, well, wherever the elk are going to be, that's what it, that's what it is. And so packing a longbow through that stuff, it just gets monotonous and then trying to get a shot through it. Um, we just have the film festival here. I don't know if you guys have watched the, the life outdoors film festival or knew about it, but we had it and, uh, golden Rosie had a video in it and he's shooting a long recurve. I think that recurve looked like it was like 64 inches or so. But if you watch in that video, um, he was having a hard time getting through the brush. And of course that's over on the Oregon coast. So, I mean, you're talking brush at a whole other level. So these are the things when you're talking elk hunting, these are the things that you really have to look into. You got to look into this stuff and put some careful thought into what you're doing uh, with, with this uh, setup, you know, and one of the big things too, this year is we're going to be, we're going to be hunting off of our bikes. We drew a unit over East and we know that that unit has a lot of small little, uh, scab roads. Uh, a lot of them there's, there's even a, a area over there where they're blocked off and you're not supposed to be in there with any kind of, um, motorized vehicle. So we're going to grab our bikes. And, um, when you're talking the difference between a, my 54 inch, uh, recurve or a 64 inch, uh, longbow it's a lot of big it's a big difference when you're running around out in the woods uh, so that's one of my bow choices was a was that um, smaller recurve and I'm gonna hunt with the uh, uh, mongol from Wade this year so rustic archer um, I'm hunting with his mongol it's the one that he built for me he he cut down a longer bow and then made it to where it's it almost has a wall on the back end of the um, 26 inch draw that I have. So I, I draw real short. So that's why my arrows are a bit slower than a lot of people's arrows. But um, I think I get every ounce out of those limbs on this bow because the way that Wade built it for me. If you have a chance to have somebody build you a bow, um, take that chance up because I'll tell you right now, uh, the fact that Wade's bow it, it, the fact that it just fits me, 
Okay, and it has a wall at the end of my draw, so that 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 makes me pull against that wall with my back tension, and it makes it extremely accurate. And I'll tell you, Wade's bow um, has has helped a lot in that. Um, it is a 50 style. It's got a setback in it, uh, so it's got real heavy deflex right off of the riser, and then it reflexes out from there. Um, it, that's why it's called the Mongol. It's kind of got an offset handle. The reason I like the Mongol is because it's so smooth. So I'm shooting a 54-inch bow at 56 pounds at 26 inches, and this thing is as smooth as any bow that I'm that I have shot. Um, of course, my my um, draw length kind of makes it to where my arrow speed isn't that fast i mean um just because any bow that i shoot my draw length, my with at my draw length, the the speeds just aren't that fast i'm look i look at about 155 156 feet per second with the arrows that i'm shooting which are 650 grain arrows so it's it's pretty heavy arrow we're going to talk about this in a little bit but um it's a pretty heavy arrow and you know People say, well, you can't kill an elk at 155 feet per second. Well, I beg to differ. Um, I broke an elk pelvic bone with that setup. And uh, that's after going halfway through an elk. So, yeah, you you most definitely can. Um, so don't be afraid of these shorter bows that don't shoot quite as fast. If you're losing 10 feet per second, um, all you got to do is is gain some weight in that arrow, and you're going to pick that all that momentum right back up. And momentum is actually what kills. That's actually what um, makes you be able to penetrate. So, and, and we're not worried about penetrating if we're just shooting through ribs, right? We're worried about penetrating if we clip the back end of the of of the shoulder blade, or if, or if we're coming back through. Uh, who knows? I mean that that heavy bone that elk have. I mean things go wrong, right? So um, don't be afraid of these short bows. You could, you could go, the only thing that's really going to mess with you on the short bow thing is um, the angles. So you'll get what they call finger pinch or you get to a point where the angle where you can't pull that bow anymore if you have a long draw and you won't be able to come to your full draw. So that that's one place where a short bow but excuse me, short bow will uh, limit you on what you're doing. But everything else, going through the woods, putting it on your bike, um, being able to shoot it in that brush, short bows are the they're the way to go. And if you do shoot a short bow, if you if so, there are some really short long bows out there. The shrews, um, all of these little bows, you'll notice that if they have a setback in them, a real heavy setback in them, that gives you more um, room for your draw. So that setback actually takes some of that angle out is what it's doing. And so when you're looking at short bows, that's that's kind of the di direction you want to go. Me personally, doesn't matter, man. Uh, I, <laughs> my, my draw is so short that um, I got a kid draw um, that it really doesn't matter. So that's why I'm shooting the bow that I shoot. Um, Wade's bow is super smooth when you get down to it. Um, it has a long bit, a long bow grip. So you got a heel down grip. And for me, that's what I have to have to shoot really, really well. I had a cascade bow 
that was a short bow like that. I killed a couple animals with it as well. But it was a locator type, like a regular recurve type um, hand placement. And I just wasn't nearly as consistent with it as I um, am with Wade's bow. Part of that too was I was shooting aluminum arrows at the time. And and uh, now the arrows that I shoot have really increased my accuracy. So with that said, um, that's going into the bow part. Uh, you know, those short bows, uh, something, and, and I have a bow quiver on it because I like to have that, I like to have a little bit of weight on there. And I know it increases some torque, but man, you just start shooting and, and you'll get used to that. You, you'll get used to the torque and you'll get used to those things. But uh, pick out a bow that's going to work for you out in the woods. Um, don't be speed hungry. Do not be speed hungry. And I'll, I'll show you why is because I'm, I got a couple different arrow setups here. One of them, I've killed elk with both of these arrow setups. And I want to go through a little bit of the arrow setups and let you guys know um, the differences in these. Now, the one elk that I killed with the lighter arrow setup is um, it was a perfect shot. I shot it right through the heart and I I hit two, uh, the ribs going in, the ribs going out. Um, and, and, and then it hit the front leg on the opposite side stopped it so the way he was standing he had his front leg on the opposite side back so that's where the arrow stopped um it probably had it penetrated all the way through the elk so that's a pretty good penetration right but it only had to go through two ribs and a heart so um i guarantee you i probably would have got a full pass through if i was if i'm using the same gear that i'm using now um, that arrow would have went all the way through. So with that said, let's jump into arrows. What am I using? Well, I'm using grizzly sticks. Um, and I'm using grizzly stick momentum, 400, um, they're 400 spine, 650 grain, and about 30% FOC. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of FOC. And yes, I love it. It shoots so good. You guys... If you look, you, you just look at any cylindrical, or I should say linear object that um, that is flying through the air, a dart, um, model rockets, or, or even missiles, right? Missiles coming off of, a, of, of an airplane. Um, and if you want to see more of this, go over to um, Ashby Foundation, to their website, ashbyfoundation.org, I think it is. And there's some studies over there by an astrophysicist. Um, a, a guy that worked for the DOD and he talks about this FOC and, and what the, what the things, how, how FOC affects um, arrow flight or, or any kind of flight of a linear object. And um, the, one of the biggest things that it does for me, besides having uh, all that weight, right? Besides having all the weight um, FOC it stabilizes the arrow so well. So everything that you look at, darts, uh, model rockets, or even missiles, is going to have a high FOC because they, they're stabilizing that um, arrow or that linear object flying through the air. One of the cool things about when you look at arrow flight, um, and, and you start talking about penetration, arrow flight coming out of your bow, that arrow is not coming out of your bow straight. It's bent. And 
a lot of times that arrow continues to bend as it goes through the air. If you, if you don't believe me, I'm going to do a video on this. I'm, I'm going to do some short, uh, excuse me. I'm going to do some um, shooting and have uh, some slow motion shots. And as I look at the slow motion shots, I think you guys will see all the way down that that arrow is bending all the way through that flight, especially if you have, say, a balanced arrow to where um, the, the, the arrow, you can put your finger right in the middle of it and it's going to balance there, um, especially if you have that or, a, or if you have a knock heavy arrow, um, it's really going to, it's a knock heavy arrow is really going to bend. Um, another thing that causes differences in how the air, how much bending you get through the arrow flight. So what I mean by that is the arrow is going to arc and it's going to snake its way through the air. If you've ever watched uh, arrow in slow motion, they do not fly straight. <laughs> they don't. Um, so when, when you see that, and you've seen over the years, over, I mean, shoot, thousands of years, you've seen archers try to overcome this with different ways that they have built arrows. Um, some, you know, have tapered arrows. I shot tapered cedar arrows from Rogue River Archery for years for, because of this, because they're a lot more. And, and then that also makes it heavier FOC on the front. And then you add a heavy um, broadhead up front, then you're really talking some better FOC. But um, wood doesn't dampen like graphite does. Graphite coming out of the bow is going to try to straighten out faster. Now, sometimes that can be a problem when you when if you have your weight placed wrong, it can really mess things up, and that that arrow is going to over dampen and uh, and get some really erratic flight. I've done that before. Um, with, with arrows that I was shooting that weren't the right spine. So like shoot a, a, a 500 spine arrow out of a bow that you should be shooting a 400 spine arrow and then add some extra heavy weight to it. And you'll see what I'm talking about. That stuff will just, it, it, it'll over dampen on both sides and it just keeps that thing wiggling all the way down. But when you look at um, a properly tuned arrow and you look at how they're put together, um, that's why we shoot grizzly sticks is we're looking at a heavy arrow. That's, that's one of our first things that we're always looking for is that heavy. Um, just the, the bone breaking threshold of that, you know, it cracks me up when I, I hear people talk about, um, and I'm talking within bow hunting distances here, right? And, and my bow hunting distance, I believe is 30 yards and under. I, I think that's what bow hunting was built on. Um, we could, that's a whole nother conversation, but, um, that 30 yards and under. And the reason I say that is I'll, I'll give you some numbers here in a bit, but the reason I say that is I think that's our effective range when we're shooting stick bows. Now compound bows shoot further. And the reason that they can is because they have a sighting system and they have stuff to, to, um, make it a super, uh, consistent shot time after time. I mean, it cracks me up. I hear people punching triggers and things like that. And I'm thinking, man, uh, I could probably punch a trigger and still shoot at 30 yards and, and probably keep a really nice group. If I'm just whacking the trigger, I, I just, um, it cracks me up when I start thinking about, um, all the things that people talk about when they're, when they're inducing, uh, you know, like torque and things like that into their compounds. If they're shooting at 30 yards, man, they wouldn't see that much difference. Now, with that said, the precision of some of the compound guys, uh, those guys could just shoot, you know, and they, they got it down and, 
and so they're not pun they're not punching triggers and they're holding um you know all the all their stuff is just so precision we've got to a point in history where a compound bow is really lethal out to 100 yards um you know i don't think that that's bow hunting though i don't think that that's what bow hunting was set up for i think uh bow hunting was set up for that in close um primal I hate using the word primal because a lot of people use that, but it is, it's, it's that in close uh, predator mind oriented um, intricate type of hunting uh, where you're, you're more, you're closer to a, uh, a wolf than you are to let's say a, a rifle hunter uh, where you have to, you have to really get your woodsmanship down more than you have to get your shooting skills down. And, and I think that's the, the lure of um, hunting with a stick bow and especially with elk, because I mean, elk are, elk are easier to get close. Right. But at the same time, when they're close, they have a presence. <laughs> so to keep your stuff together when they're close is a big deal. So that's why we shoot the grizzly sticks is because with that 30 yard threshold of, uh, and under, um, for us, I mean, guys are shooting grizzly sticks, you know, with their compounds, they're shooting 50, 60, 70 yards, I'm sure. But for us, um, with, with our threshold, um, man, we are not losing anything by shooting a heavier arrow. We're actually gaining so much. And if so, if you guys are looking into getting into trad archery, um, I would suggest, and and I really suggest this, is... is Keep your shots 30 and under. And uh, the reason I say that is because I'll, I'll run some numbers by you guys here so you can see what I'm talking about. But um, it, it's so much easier to keep your effective range and, and to be able to put an arrow where you want to place it at that at those ranges. 30 yard is even kind of pushing it for me. I, I mean, I'm I'm dropping quite a bit at 30 yards. But when when you're one of the misconceptions that I kind of want to, I kind of, and I've been really trying to push this because I think it's a misconception that's out there is people think that by shooting. So like shooting a 450 grain arrow, I'm shooting a 600 grain arrow by shooting a 450 grain arrow. They're going to pick up another 10 yards. Um, that's not how physics work. Uh, the only way you're going to pick up another 10 yards is if you go faster. <laughs> so uh, some people, you know, that's the old school idea was shoot a 90 pound bow or 70 pound bows and stuff. And, and guys were doing that so they could pick, you know, so they could shoot a little bit flatter out there. But let me here uh, before I go much further, I'll just read some numbers to you. And the reason that I say that I'm shooting a 650 grain arrow is because I, I just don't see any advantage at shooting a lighter arrow there's there's no advantage at all by shooting a lighter arrow when you're talking stick bow uh speeds and a lot of people you know they'll they'll, they'll quote like 190s and things like that and there's very few uh people that are shooting a arrow that weight at those speeds i i, I they're just very few okay um without trying to step on people's toes here um man to shoot a hundred or close to 200 feet per second you got to shoot a light arrow that's just that that's just the way it works um 
But let, let me show you. These are the two arrows that I shot. And these are both these setups I've killed milk with. Okay. So that's what I, I'm kind of coming out with is I want to tell you um, what I've shot. Um, so that first one I shot at, out of my longbow. And it is, it was a 450 grain arrow. It was a uh, trad only arrow, the Three Rivers trad only. And I had 125 grain um, Magnus on it, which is a great head, by the way. Those Magnus heads are great. Um, I just don't think they're as good as some other heads out there. I shoot grizzly sticks because one grizzly stick, um, that transition between arrow and head is absolutely perfection. So you don't have any any chance of that impeding your um, penetration. Uh, two, I just they are tuned with the arrow. They're made with the arrow. They're made together. It just makes a lot of sense to shoot them. And three, they come out of the package just really sharp. And they're tougher nails. I you know I broke that pelvic bone, and I'm still using that same broadhead that I broke that pelvic bone on that elk with. So, I mean, and that's a three to one, three to one broadheads, 10, it did chip the tip, it did, um, but you expect that on a three to one, three to one broadheads are, so if you know what I'm talking about, a three to one is, it's three times longer than it is wide, so that makes it a very, the tip a little bit more brittle, and um, just because of the nature of, you know, how it's built, but I was shooting, so let's go back to this this arrow that I killed that bull with, um, that I shot a lot. And I've killed a lot of deer with it, and I've killed a lot of um, other animals with these arrows. Um, but it's let's let's take a look at this in numbers. And the reason I say that this uh, there's no advantage to shooting a lighter arrow. Now, with that said, I think, um, and I tried. You could build some arrows with the graphite arrows out there and try to get them like a grizzly stick. But one thing about a grizzly stick is it's a tapered arrow. It's a tapered shaft. And uh, you're, that's a really hard thing to find. Um, I tried to build one. I, and I, I'm still going to try because there's more components now um, to build an arrow that's real high FOC out of, you know, uh, say, the Trad Only or, or, you know, some of the other arrow brands that are out there. Because I think it's that important that we start looking at this stuff. Um, one thing that I will say about the grizzly sticks is I haven't broke one yet. Gage broke one with his compound. He's broke a couple with his compound. I haven't broke one yet. I've lost a couple, but I haven't broke one yet with my trad bone. I've hit some pretty hard stuff, but um, let's take a look at that, at the difference between these two. And I did a, I did a whole comparison uh, podcast, but I'm, I'm just, I want to get this out there. I want to drive this point home that I think that people um, underestimate really or, or overestimate the idea that this this uh, arrow needs to be lighter to get this flatter trajectory. I think that's, I, I think they, they're missing something. Um, so let's take a look. So with this, uh, with my old setup, it was a, I got about 165 feet per second out of my longbow, and that was with a 450 grain arrow. And um, of course, I'm sure there's people that are getting probably 175 feet per second pretty easily out of the same bow, um, just because you know their their draw is longer. The longer your draw, 
the more speed inherently it picks up. I, I don't know why, but um, out of that same bow, because you're getting more draw weight, basically, um, the farther you pull it back. So the long bow, you could, that was out of a 66 inch long bow. So a guy that has a 32 inch draw could probably pull. So I was only getting probably 53 feet or 53 pounds out of it. Whereas the guy with the uh, 31, 32 inch draw, he was probably getting, you know, uh, another maybe 60 pounds. So that just tells you kind of what it does, what happens. But um, it might, so these, the reason I'm going through these, it might, it, because both of them are my draw weight. So I was getting 165 feet per second. And that was with a 450 grain arrow. And if you run those numbers, the drop at 30, and this is with zero drop at, at zero yards, right? So this is just coming straight out of the bow. The drop at 30 is 63 inches. So 30 yards at 63 inches, that's a lot to overcome when you're talking about shooting um, at an elk, right? So that means that means if you're if you're picking a spot to shoot this elk. And you're doing it instinctively. We're not talking about, um, you know, point ons or anything like that, doing the gap or, or string walking. I'm just saying instinctive. The way that I shoot long range is instinctive is a lot of times like over the target. If I'm shooting, I'll shoot 50 yards at a target, but I have to hold sometimes two target heights above the target. So I'm picking like branches above targets in order to, to let them go in there. But to do this, on a on an animal is extremely hard and unknown targets is extremely hard you see these guys that are shooting instinctive um and, and they're flying these arrows and these arrows are dropping you know 63 inches <laughs> um when 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 you see that on on tiktok or, or on um instagram or on youtube or anything else i would bet that that's not their first arrow and I would bet that they didn't just walk up there and shoot that arrow. I bet you there's a few arrows that have gone out before that. Um, it's, I mean, there are people that could do it. There's special individuals out there. I'm not one of them. Um, but what I'm saying is, and, and majority of the people aren't one of those people. You can't just go up there and shoot 63 inches over a target and put it in to a heart. That's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So... 63 inches, that's how much it drops um, at 30 yards. Now, at 20 yards, it drops 28 inches. 28 inches. Now, at 20 yards, um, that's pretty easy to account for. Uh, I almost do it subconsciously at 28 yards. I don't know how it works. It's like throwing a basketball, I guess. But um, when I start talking about that, that's only a third of the holdover that you're going to have to have at 30 yards. This is why I say a light arrow is not going to really help you much. Now, if you look at the 60, uh, at the, at the, uh, 650 grain arrow, and that's shooting 10 feet per second less for me, then you're talking, it's going to drop 69 inches. So you got a difference between six inches that you got to account for when you're shooting this heavier arrow. This is physics, guys. This is the way it works. It's, uh, there's no lion here, and there's no, like, uh, trying to understand 
the difference between the two. Now, the only thing that changes this, of course, is if your bow is shooting that arrow faster, right? But um, at 20 yards, I'm, I'm 30 inches. So I'm two inches off a 450 grain arrow at 20 yards. Two inches. Why in the world would I shoot that live and arrow? Why would I shoot that, um, especially when we're talking elk that are heavily boned, right? Um, why would I shoot something when you're only talking six inches at 30 yards and two inches at 20 yards difference in trajectory? Why isn't everybody that's shooting a stick bow shooting heavy arrows? I just don't, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. And also, why would you not shoot um, something that has a heavy front end to it? Um, when you start looking at all the arrows uh, or all the all of the objects that have um, a linear object that flies through the air, every one of them is made heavier in the front. And the reason is because it stabilizes a lot easier. And then you... You so when you work through your arrow sessions, um, or work through trying to set up your arrows and and shooting sessions by trying to set these up, I I would almost I, I can almost I can guarantee you if you have some FOC in there, um, if you start bringing that forward, um, that's going to shoot better. And people tell me that I'm full of I'm full of it, but um, it's just the way that physics work. Uh, you're, you're going to stabilize more when your fulcrum is up further. So your fulcrum is going to be up further. So you have less effect on, on the way that that arrow is going to bend because your fulcrum is further up the shaft. Now, the big thing about this too, is if you're shooting something really close, that arrow stabilizes a lot better. And one of your biggest, um, one of the biggest things that impedes penetration and I'm talking about penetration that's outside of bone, right? So like you get the perfect shot. One of the biggest things that impedes that if you shoot an animal too close, that arrow is doing some crazy stuff coming out of that bow. When you, uh, when you have some heavy FOC, that arrow is going to be straighter close in and you will uh, you will outperform a lighter arrow or less FOC arrow. Um, now here's some other numbers that are really important that I think this is probably the biggest reason that somebody should start looking at heavier arrows. And I'm talking elk size here, right? And we're deer, you know, you can get away with pretty much anything. Um, any bow that's going to be shooting a full length arrow is, is going to penetrate a deer. You're, you're talking... The, the brisket of a say a black tail or, or a big white tail big white tail might be i don't know half the size of an elk going across um black tail i mean you could probably it's a third of the size so you know getting through one of those and getting into the the cavity uh where the lungs and the heart and all that's associated it's not that hard of a deal i i, I crack up when People say, you know, on a deer, watch out for that, watch out for that front shoulder blade. Well, if your setup won't go through that front shoulder blade on a deer, um, you probably need to start really looking towards it because uh, 
you start shooting a 650 grain arrow with a with a good cut on contact two blade it'll get through that front shoulder every time so which is a really good shot too if you get through that front shoulder blade that's a very good shot you're, you're going to kill that animal really quick um yeah so it's, it's it's kind of funny to see that and one of the things that i see um is you know i you just go on youtube and you can see some of these arrows hitting these elk up forward and like some of the old if you watch some of the old videos where people were really trying to get a lot of speed and they're shooting overdraws and they're shooting these real fat aluminum arrows that were super light right and uh, they were shooting this and they would hit them in the shoulder blade and you know they get into the broadhead to the shoulder blade and that was it they wouldn't penetrate through that shoulder blade um you really have to ask yourself man <laughs> what in the world were they thinking um if they would have if, if for one those little those super fat arrows are uh twice the size of the hole that you have to punch two um a lot of the broadheads were their ferrules were a lot smaller than than the shaft so you have that uh impeding penetration and then three um who, who knows you know coming out of the bow those those arrows were they were super speedy and super fast but they had no penetration to them at all and you still see it sometimes nowadays guys are shooting um lighter arrows and a lot a lot of times they're shooting them because they're wanting to um say that their trajectory is going to be better but i haven't ran the compound numbers um you guys could go run your own numbers figure it out but look at the difference in momentum and this is pounds per second um look at the difference in momentum between my slower bow shooting a heavier arrow against the faster bow shooting a lighter arrow um at 30 yards i'm still carrying uh so coming out of the bow i have uh 0.44 uh pounds per second and uh by the time i get to 20 yards i'm at 0.435 so you go from 0.44 to 0.35 and that's within 20 yards a lighter when you're at three point now I didn't, I should have done the numbers here, but I should have seen how much um, momentum's being shed by the lighter arrow because the lighter arrow is going to shed momentum. So you take and throw a golf ball through the air and then throw a bowling ball through the air. Which one's going to slow down fast? Golf ball is probably not a good example. Take a, um, say like one of those rubber balls that, you know, you play, you guys played a, uh, dodgeball with throw that through the air and throw a um, bowling ball through the air and have them at the same speed starting off at the same speed which one is going to slow down first and and uh, of course you're gonna of course you you gotta understand that the that the momentum so the amount of now it took more force to get that bowling ball to go as fast as the right as fast as the dodgeball but it's not going to slow down near as fast and that's the same thing with arrows if you if you look at the percentage difference between uh these numbers that i'm giving you you can see that the heavier arrow slows down slower <laughs> that means it that means it doesn't lose it doesn't lose as much speed as fast and uh it's the same thing with these new 
rifles that they're coming out with that are long and part of that's bc too but shooting a heavier bullet also doesn't slow down as fast you're carrying that momentum with the bullet it's it's kind of the same thing as you take a train run it at 70 and take a volkswagen and run it at 70 which one's going to be easier to stop of course the volkswagen is you don't need near the brakes matter of fact you could do it with drum brakes on a volkswagen it takes a lot to stop a train at 70 so that's that's what we're talking about here so um here are the numbers just so you guys could so with the 450 grain arrow at 100 and when i say 165 feet per second that arrow was traveling um 0.329 uh pounds per second and then if you look at 20 we'll go out to 20 yards it's 0.316 okay now the slower arrow at higher um at a higher at a, a higher weight is 0.446 and then out to 20 it's 0.35 so take those and look at the percentages and i should have ran the number for you but that heavier arrow slows down way slower so you're carrying you're carrying more momentum out further um and then if you look at kinetic energy which i don't pay much attention to it's a good number just to kind of know um you, you could kind of judge some of the slowing down or judge some of the things that come out of um bows with it but it's not really what kills animals momentum is what kills animals but if you look at look at these kinetic energies um for the lighter arrow, for the 450 grain arrow, we're looking at 27 foot-pounds. And when you look at the heavier arrow, we're looking at 35. And that's, um, that is a lot of difference between 10 feet per second and 200 grains. You start talking about um, a lot of difference in foot-pounds of energy. Now, you carry that out to... Um, you lose two foot pounds of energy when you're talking uh, um, the lighter arrow, and it's you're losing two foot pounds of energy when you're talking the heavier arrow as well. So it coincides. Um, now, when you go all the way down, say say at 70 yards, you're not losing near as much foot pounds of energy as uh, you're only losing three foot pounds off of the heavy arrow, and you're losing five foot pounds off the light arrow so and the reason is because it's losing um velocity a lot faster than one that's a heavier arrow now you can take that and use it for what you will i'm just out here to set, say that if i'm going to sh be shooting elk they're going to be 30 yards in it um the way that we hunt them that's just the way it is we we shoot elk at 30 yards and in we actually have had some probably within ranges that people would have shot at them at um that's not us we, we the reason that we like to hunt elk is we like to get them close and we like to be right there with them so um and i think quite honestly i think you're really pushing it say say you you're going to shoot at an elk at 50 yards and and you're going to shoot with your um with your 450 green arrow at 50 yards out of your out of your uh longbow <laughs> People, people talk about this. 
you're talking 182 inch drop at 50 yards 182 inch drop and that's shooting out of 165 feet per foot per second longbow i could run it for 185 feet per second very few bows are going to be shooting 185 feet per second with a 450 grain arrow um very few regardless of what people like to say the numbers are very few are and um I know there's going to be guys all telling me that their bows are shooting 200 and, and you know, all those things. Um, I'd like to verify that with a, with a chrono. I have a uh, chrono at my house and I shoot through it all the time. And so these things I think are very important when you start, it's, it's looking at the actual numbers and it's looking at this stuff. When you go to the field, you want to stack everything in your favor. And when you're talking elk, um, it's a huge, huge undertaking if you do not get uh, a perfect shot on one. It's They are a tough animal, and you'll probably lose it. And then, um, and, and here lately, just last year, I know, of, I know of nine bulls last year that got stuck with an arrow and didn't get recovered. Um, some of them, of course, it wounded them and, and they were fine. They, one of them that I know of, it got hit, um, it got hit in the shoulder blade and only penetrated like an inch and a half. Somebody was shooting a light arrow at long distances and, uh, it never made it through the shoulder blade. But I do know of some that they found them a week later. And I do know that some of them that definitely killed it. You could tell by some of the, some of the, um, some of the blood trails that there was definitely killing them. But um, the problem is, <laughs> is when we set up our elk uh, arrows, we need to set up something that is very responsible and set up something that is um, going to do its job when we miss, because you will miss. If you're, if you're any kind of traditional bow hunter or any bow hunter, things happen. Um, my arrow uh, to, 2020 my arrow and i'm going to make a video of this i haven't put a bunch of it out because it was such a horrible shot but if it wasn't for the the equipment that i set up that bull would have been part of that statistic part of those elk that i say um we never find and i i'm a firm I, i'm absolutely positive of it um if i did not break that femur or, or pelvic right at the, right where the femur and the pelvic meet. If I did not break that on that bull, he would have been gone. He would have been gut shot and gone. And um, probably wouldn't have found him. Uh, in the area that he was in, he probably would have gone on to a ranch and got on with the, with the arrow stuck in his guts. And he probably would have died on that ranch. And it would have gave us bow hunters a bad name. Um, people would have looked at... Um, uh, you know, rifle hunters come in behind us and see this stuff happening. Um, this is how we get to losing opportunities. If you look in the state of Oregon, this is this was one of the big drivers for going to a lot of these um, different seasons that we have now. And down the road, it's going to take opportunity away. So that's why I'm so adamant about picking your equipment that's going to meet what you're doing. And then keeping it within your limits. Um, man, if you can get within 80 yards of an elk, you can get within 20 yards of that elk during bow season. It's not that difficult. Uh, 
you know, once you, once you broke that 80 yard barrier, uh, man, you're, you're almost there and, and it's not as difficult as you think it is. Um, getting to the 80 yards is the hardest part for us. Uh, getting, getting past that is not as hard, but you, you kind of can see what, what numbers and what I'm, what I'm talking about. Um, you want to put everything on your side. You, you want, even, even if I was shooting a compound on that bow or on that bull, um, he whirled when I released and his reaction time is so much faster than a 300 feet per second arrow. Um, the one thing that I should have done is let him pass me. It was me. It was my timing. That's what caused this. It wasn't a bow. It wasn't, you know, arrows. It wasn't any of that. It was me. I made a bad, I made a bad decision on shoot shot timing. But that arrow went right where I wanted it to. It's just that the bull was different place by the time I got there. And that was within 20 yards. That was probably within 20 feet. That's how fast these animals can move. Um, reaction times, right? Reaction times are super fast. And so when you, when you do make a mistake, having something stacked in your favor, and I don't care what brand you shoot, and I don't care... Um, just having confidence and having something that is very durable saved the day for me. Uh, that elk didn't go very far. We, we pushed him further than he would have gone if we backed off. Um, but at the same time, if I was shooting the same arrow weight that I shot on the, on the bull that I pinwheeled, with the longbow, the other one that I showed you, if I shot that same weight on that bull, um, I doubt I would have even penetrated to the rear leg. That's the difference. I'm telling you, um, you, you're setting it up. You're setting up your equipment for the, the bagged case scenario and all you're losing, like in my instance, all you're losing is a couple inches in trajectory that's easily overcome with practice. So that's my elk setup. That's what I believe is uh, where we've been led to uh, to do in in these times is is to really look at this stuff. We could we could test a lot of this stuff out. There's a lot of good studies out there, and uh, if if you're going to shoot instinctive, especially, um, this is this I'm telling you, uh, just make look look at your numbers, run some numbers. Um, get around somewhere most bow shops have a some sort of way of telling how fast your bow's shooting figure out your difference in speeds and see what you're getting and see how those things work out and then i dare you to try a heavy foc arrow um those heavy foc arrows just fly so well and they another thing about them is they take a lot of the noise out of your bow and all the all the things that you're trying to get away from bow hunting they, they do real well. So with that said, um, I know some of you guys are probably going to listen to this and think that I'm crazy and, and yeah, message me and tell me where, where I'm lacking in. Um, I haven't seen yet. Okay. And this is me and I, I have, a, um, this is me shooting with my short draw and these things. So there's probably some, like if the arrows on the string longer, there might be some issues with real heavy FOC, depending on how things go. I don't know. But with me, 
um, I'm shooting 30% FOC on, on my arrows, and they're the best flying arrows I've ever had. And um, that's over a long period of time. And that's shooting everything from aluminum woods, fiberglass, all the way to carbons. So I, I just, I, I almost challenge you to go out and try to, and that, it's got to be tuned for your bow, of course, but go out and try uh, to shoot some of this FOC, this high FOC, and see how it comes out of your bow. With that said, uh, thanks for listening. I really um, am looking forward to elk season. And, guys, I want to see uh, your pictures. Show us show us your pictures. Go over to the Barebow Hunter group in Facebook or email us or, or you know, whatever. Go to um, Barebow Hunter on Instagram and, and show us your pictures. And uh, let's, let's talk about some gear here. Let's think about this stuff uh, as we step into the season. And sh- whatever you're shooting, whatever you're shooting, um, you can't outweigh just getting there on the right spot. So <laughs> that's the biggest thing. So I um, hope you guys have a great season and I hope you uh, fill your freezers. Until then, shoot straight. Thanks for joining us for another installment of the Barebow Hunter podcast. Remember, we couldn't even be talking about this stuff if it wasn't for our public land. So go and support the people that are protecting it, backcountry hunters and anglers and TRCP. Also, if you'd like to see more of Barebow Hunters, go to our Facebook group, go to our Instagram at Barebow Hunters, like us, and hashtag all of your photos with your Barebow goodness in them, Barebow Hunter. We have a website as well. You can go over there, check out the rest of the podcast. We have videos, we have t-shirts and hats. Thanks again. Until then, shoot straight. Watch Primo's Truth About Hunting, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, as they chase turkey, elk, deer, waterfowl, and predators all over North America. Right there what you call a limb hanger. Now on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.